Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. All right, everyone, I have a cold, so bear with me. You know, even when you're sick, the show must go on. So (laughs) I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode. I had Timmy Gibson, who is a fellow life and relationship coach here in Kansas City on. Funny thing is, when I did my competitive intel for my business plan a few years ago in Kaufman Fast Track, he was one of the coaches that I actually did my research on. We do have a lot in common, but there's definitely enough differences between us. I think that you know, I don't I don't see people as competition. I see all of us out there trying to just help the community, help people in the world move about their lives healthier and happier. And it's going to take a village. It takes a lot of us to do that. I did ask his perspective about something. He used to be a clergy person. So I asked him what he thought about post-divorce. If people should or need to or should feel compelled to go back to celibacy if that's what they chose before they got married. It's just an interesting topic to explore with someone who used to be a minister. We talked about divorce, finding those new circles in our lives, kind of building new lives all together. And even some of the stigma that that can hold for us as relationship dating and for myself a sex coach. We'll talk a little bit about our perspectives on failure versus things just ending. On today's episode of Keep Them Coming, I am joined by Timmy Gibson. He is a life coach and entrepreneur. Um, you can kind of compare him to like a, a you know a modern day hitch, I suppose, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not really about hooking people up, but more about helping people get more in tune with who they are and yeah. gain confidence, things like that. That 100%. kind of life coaching, right? Yeah. Helping yeah. people become the best that they can possibly be, reach their full potential, mm-hmm. recognize their true gifts, and yeah. How long have you been doing this? So the life coach thing has been rather new though i've been in that role for 20 years because mm-hmm. um, for 20 years you were in the church a yeah, uh-huh. yeah i was a minister yeah i was i would be considered a pastor yeah. and still teaching a spiritual sunday morning gathering but it's just changed you know considerably from my kind of my pentecostal assembly god upbringing no more fire and brimstone against the lgbtq hell plus no. community yeah hell yeah. no so that was the tipping point for you yeah that was the tipping point for me i could never resonate and understand or reconcile how being born homosexual was any different than being born heterosexual And why are we deciding that that one is wrong and then this one is right? I just never could figure that out. You know, I had a bunch of good gay friends growing up. And so I I just never thought there was anything wrong with it. And then, of course, you know, in the church, they were teaching that it was wrong. And I'm like, really? I don't get this. Mm -hmm. And I tried to believe that lie. And then eventually I could no longer justify living hypocritical. (laughs) So I came out of the closet and said, I love gays. Good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah. I mean, 
Sometimes we have a, a long journey to understand what we've got to do to be right with our own humanity. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So welcome to the party. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up Baptist. I definitely have said and I'm done sorry. things in my, you know, well, Assembly of God and Baptist, yeah, they're not, not all that far no, apart from that spectrum no, of not. super religiosity. This one I grew up in in the suburbs was not as extreme as oh. like Westboro Baptist level. I hate to even say their name and give them any power. So <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely certain people are going to hell and here's the long list of them. Yeah. And you know, it's okay if we just cherry pick from the book, like that's fine. Right. So. Yeah. I always think that's funny how there's only a few people that go the go to heaven, but it always includes them. Of yep. course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. So, well, tell me a little bit more about your transition out. So you left the church, yeah. um, have made a transition to some life coaching rather than do you still do weddings and sure. stuff? Yeah, so. still do we- yeah, still do weddings. I do like 60 weddings a year. Dude, so lot. yeah, a lot, a lot, especially during the peak season right now. It's actually kind of the slower season, but yeah, as soon as we get through all these engagements. Glad you could fit me in your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so, well. Yeah, I started doing the life coaching and... It's been, man, it's been a journey, you know, because I feel like I've been on a life coaching journey my entire life, just mm-hmm. me personally. And so transitioning into being more intentional with it as a, as a profession, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a joy. I've always loved helping people. So it's, it stays within the context of what I've always loved doing. And I've always been the kind of person, like all my life, I, I, my sister, God rest her soul, growing up, you know, when I learned how to ride a bike, she was my younger sister. So when I learned how to ride a bike, I wanted to teach her how to ride a bike. When I learned how to ice skate or rollerblade, I wanted to teach her how to do it. Like, I've always been the kind of person that when I learn something and it works, I'm like, oh, this is the shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to tell other people about it, you know? Yeah, I think like, I've always had that in me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, I mean, right, you're good at sex. I don't know this personally, but, <laughs> no, like, you you're good at sex, <laughs> However, right? However, there's some assumptions <laughs> to be made. You know, I do get asked that question if I'm yeah. good in bed. I've been asked that in public, and I just say yes, but that's not the point. My right. job is to help you be great at sex, so. I love yeah. it. I yeah, love it. I mean, I don't. I take no shame in saying that I'm great in bed, so yeah. that's fine. Well, that's good, um, That's and for me, so I feel like I'm good at life. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, mm-hmm. right, I've, to be a coach, I feel like you've got to be in a good space. Yes. To be a therapist, you've got to be in a good space. Yeah. You have to have dealt with your shit. Yes. Or at least be on the path to working on certain things. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't mind telling a little bit more about your personal story and sure. kind of transitioning out of the church too, you um, were married for how long? I was married 25 years to the same girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same woman. Yeah, 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 same woman. And after uh, 25 years, we literally hit the 25-year mark, and then now I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was yeah. an interesting, interesting journey. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I twice divorced and my first marriage we were together eight years I mean that's still that's a long quite time a significant relationship yeah so but yeah I you know when you're coaching in the in the pre-show talk yeah. you brought up something that I do want to discuss yeah I've been asked this question as well yeah. is you know, we're both out there coaching on relationships right and and I think oftentimes let's let's talk about how before we get into this topic with relationship coaching this is not just about how to be good in the relationship. It's about how to be good to yourself. Absolutely. So you can be good in the relationship. Absolutely. Right. So ultimately it's like personal coaching. Yes. Oh, I believe it's, it would be, well, it's impossible to have a healthy, happy relationship if you yourself are just an utter 
mess. Mess, yeah. Shit show. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, it takes, that's why it's so important. I, and this is what I teach. I teach, especially when working with singles and doing date coaching mm -hmm. is, hey, the most important thing first is you. Yes. Not this. Yes. I say before you try to find the right person, you need to be the right person. And I think that's the important thing. It's it's yeah. not just I want to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Mrs. Right. It's like, well, you be, you need to be the right person first. Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about focusing on what you want. Yeah. And but you've got to be those things too. Yeah. If you want someone that goes out and is active, you've got to be out and yeah. be active. Right. If you want you, someone dependable, you need to be dependable. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I've been asked the question. Well, you're divorced and you're trying to coach people about their marriages. So how does that jive? Like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I take the question in stride because it's simply like, I you know, kind of started off with the joke of like, well, sometimes I know more of what not to do than what to do. And right. that's what people are looking for, right? <laughs> like learn from my mistakes. But, sure. but on a more serious note, being divorced, the marriage ended. That right. doesn't make us failures. Sure. Right. So I want to talk and a little bit about that. And working through that, you know, again, raised in that religious culture, I was raised to value shame mm -hmm. and value guilt. And so I think for me, it's even something I'm still working through at this very moment because just being divorced last year and being a, you know, a very, very small, but someone that's pretty well known in the community mm -hmm. for being married and being married a long, a long time. And so I've struggled a little bit with the stigma of, you know, having, I don't view it this way now, but, you know, having failed or, you know, I've been divorced. I even tell people I'm legally single <laughs> is what I say. But anyway, <laughs> I, like I, that. I, like I yeah, no, I'm, I keep sticking with it. I just feel better about it because sometimes that can have a stigma and I did struggle with, and I'm really coming out of, I'm the back end of it now is that, wow, how can I help others with their relationship when I couldn't even, you know, keep mine of course I'm like well but yeah you did have 25 years so right do I look at it as it just ended and not a failure which I I'm 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 getting there yeah. I'm getting there right yeah. um so yes but I truly can help people with knowing a lot of what to do because I was a good husband and feel mm -hmm. like I'm a really good person um so I definitely can help people understand now both sides of it you know, mm -hmm. um, our divorce was amicable. No, no lawyers were hired or used or needed. Mm -hmm. And so it really did just kind of run its course yeah. and, and we're friends and we can talk. And, um, so, you know, maybe I can help people even on that side, like how to, mm -hmm. how to have an amicable Separation, divorce, divorce. Yeah. Yeah, like how to do this in a healthy way. Yeah. I was recently talking to someone about how I, I definitely got into this to help people fix or, or maintain their relationships and make them better, hopefully avoiding divorce. You know, if, if, there, if that opportunity is there, I absolutely want to help couples with that. Yeah. But sometimes it is about helping people accept that the relationship has simply run its course. Yeah. It's not healthy. Um, and there's always three options. It's, you know, stay and do nothing because right. you're already where you're at. Yeah. Inaction is a choice. Yep. Ask for change, demand change, decide what you need. And yep. then provide the other person what they need to, yeah, um, or walk away, right? You know. Yeah. So, and if you feel like you've explored those options, and you know, the door three is usually the last one, obviously. Yeah. So, I don't want you to pick that one first. You got to sure. look through the other two first. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that that was the thing that, that sometimes you know, acceptance and yeah. understanding, you know, that's the best way to go. It's, but if there's a chance to save it, hell yeah, I want to help people. Sure. And it's kind of it, it it's really changing my perspective on it all. You know, what it's like how you define the success. Well, you success. probably went through those three options yourself, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it was. It it came down to it it needed to just close that chapter in my life and and move on with the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Coaching it's, is helping people look through that. Absolutely. I understand that struggle too. I mean, after my second divorce, I was like, who's going to want me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't put that on a dating profile twice divorced. And right. there are still times where on a first date or second date or even while we're, we're talking, I usually try to do the phone conversation yeah. before I go on a first date. I'm I'm a, a quality over quantity first date person, although I do go on a lot of first dates. Uh, yeah. But phone conversations are great. Just even if it's 15 minutes, sometimes it turns into like an hour. Sure. And there's still sometimes shock uh, through whatever means that they're like, oh, twice divorced. Okay, right. So do tell me more. <laughs> yeah. First one just didn't work out after eight and a half years. And second one was my oops marriage. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, I'm giving away. I don't know if people listen to this before they go on first dates with me, but they might. So giving it all away here. Maybe that's my problem. I give all my uh, my stats away on my maybe my too podcast. too early. Like, I don't care. Like guessing. I'm an open book. Like you can listen to my podcast if you want to get to know me, or you can ask yeah. questions in person. That's up to and you. That, okay, that brings up a little side skirt here because uh-huh. I'm dating, right? I'm uh-huh. in the dating world, and not only do I coach people, but I'm also in that life now. Mm-hmm. And you're you're a, a personality. You're a public figure. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, I'm, I'm working yeah. on that too. Like I'm on TV all the time too. And it's I've got a this, weird and, thing. Yeah. It's weird because there's a chance people, for people to Google us. And they know you like yeah. they'll know when I meet them, they think they know me. Right. And I, I really encourage people if they've never heard of me and they're going to look me up, I always say, hey, listen, I, it's fine to do that. You're not going to find anything bad out there, mm-hmm. but you're going to find a lot of stuff that could be old out there. Meaning that was what my thoughts were five years ago because oh, I'm, yeah. I You've put my thoughts. So yeah, I've been doing yeah. this for so long. I've been putting my thoughts out there for a long time. So if you go searching me out, you might draw a conclusion. Probably what people would think is they, oh, he's religious because that's been my life for so long that you'll find a lot of religious content out there. Mm -hmm. And then you'll judge me based on that. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not that fucking dude anymore. So you would consider yourself more spiritual, but definitely not um, religiously affiliated. No. And there's a big difference. And I think that these days people are... Judging based on like that first glance at a profile. Yes. So are you doing online dating right now? I am. And yeah. I, I'll jump on it and then jump off of it. I'm just, I, I'm at the verge of, I'm at the point now. I think I'm just going to go off of it and let it just all be organic. Uh-huh. Here's my thing though. I'm a hopeless romantic. So part <laughs> of my challenge is, and what goes through my brain, cause I've seen all the movies. I love all the movies. That's mm-hmm. my favorite movie genre. I will think to myself, yeah, but what if that, girl not that there's only one but you know what if the one that'd be the great fit for me the one that would be compatible what if she pops on bumble and i'm not on there Mm -hmm. so like my mind you know that missing that opportunity that's why i'm you know when people have set me up on dates or introduced me to somebody Mm -hmm. uh i always do it i'm like yeah like we would you? I mean, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, because you never know. Like you never. Introductions, know. I'll take more without like a conversation, and I'll kind of like check them out. Yeah, but yeah. Um, online, I definitely want the phone call, and I definitely check them out online. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually gave up online dating for the year. Ah, so, oh, um, good for I you. I did. I gave it. Had given it up for cheers. two. Oh, cheers! Yeah, for <laughs> water, sir. Um, I had given it up for two years, 
And then last year, you know, the end of the year, one of my friends slash clients was like, uh, you know, I think that you should just get on give it a try. She was on Hinge at the time. She's talked about this on my show. So she convinced me to get on there. And I, I spent the whole calendar year of 2019 on it. And yeah, I just decided the other day, I was like, okay, down to Bumble at this point. Like, but I tried Hinge, uh, Facebook dating. I think that was it this year. Which, which one's your favorite? I liked Bumble the best. Okay. I did like Hinge at first, but the app like crashed and tried to make me make a new profile at that point. I was like, well, fuck yeah, it. I was kind of seeing yeah. somebody, so... Uh, but so, Bumble was fine. So what, what's what been you? I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious about this. So no online dating, online dating, and then back to now. Mm-hmm. What's been the difference in like, well, yeah, when I was online, I definitely got more dates. Or d- Yeah, like, I had a ton of first dates. It just, you know, like a lot of people got to date three or four or five even. Um, saw a couple of guys like over multiple months, but... Yeah, nothing's panned out from it. Yeah. So made some you know decent connections. There's some people that I'm still chatting with. I saw a lot of friends on there too. Yeah, <laughs> some clients. Like, hey, I know I, you. Actually, one I went ahead and like I told him I saw you on there. He's like, I saw you on there too, and I didn't want to, you know, because I thought that might be weird. So then like, I told him if I see you again, I will swipe so that we can. I wanted to match with them so I could get sure, his feedback sure, and sure. maybe even introduce him to someone. Of course, if their chance was there. I got kicked <laughs> off uh, two of the sites because what? I got reported as a stolen profile. Because oh. I'm locally known, so oh, they thought I'm, that yep, I'm known as a married guy, <laughs> and so, oh, and I yeah. even had one uh, female friend. She texts me and she goes, "Hey, I just want you to know your profile's been stolen, but I reported you on Bumble, and it really wasn't public information yet, yeah. you know." And so I was like, "Oh, well, it's not like we want to run around pretty like, hey, I just got a divorce. I'm divorced now." Yeah, that's like I had a, actually had a friend that said, "Hey, let's go do a divorce party," and I was like. I don't know if I really, uh, I don't know what I think about it. I mean, again, no judgment to those that do it, but I just was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I think that there's certain times where that's appropriate because some people like leave complete jerks or women that stole their, you know, money and their heart and their dog. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in this case, it's not like it was something noteworthy to celebrate yeah right yeah yeah it really wasn't the i mean my second divorce I, I wanted to yeah we celebrated we're absolutely. partying we yeah. had a party and i've had a friend that i threw a divorce party for absolutely it was like yes you are free <laughs> yeah but thank like, you yeah in this case it's yeah it's not what's appropriate at that time Agreed. yeah agree you know another part about divorce that's complicated is just kind of the the new life it's 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 kind of a slow fade out and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like oh shit like everything's different it's so different everything's different my i'm you know getting new friends because you know in divorce you lose friends mm-hmm. yeah and they have to choose sides or they feel like they do um and some friends just fall away from both of you like yeah, that's they, the thing yes too. i noticed that, that too they, like just choose one side they just yeah. pull back entirely from both people yeah yeah and somebody it's it's like people just don't know maybe what to say or how to handle it Uh or what to think. And, you know, um, it's like experiencing someone like in a wheelchair, you know, if you've never really experienced that, you you just get awkward and weird because you don't know what to do or what to say. And it's like, no, just be normal. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, so yeah, friends just, they don't know what to do and what to say and how to comfort or to comfort. And so they, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's been a whole. They don't know whether to say sorry or congratulations. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. I don't know what to say here. So, yeah, so I, you know, moved into an apartment. I live um, in a really fun area and I'm meeting new people, making new friendships, trying new things. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of 
leaning. How's it been going? It's been great. I just kind of say yes. Like if someone says, hey, we're having a house party. You want to come over? Yes. You know, do you want to, yes. I just like say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's been really nice just, just saying yes to things because, you know, I'm free. And, and not that I wasn't free before, but I mean, free, it's different. Like I can do what I want, go where I want. I don't ask for anybody's permission to do anything. And, and that was fine that I had to in the context of a relationship. But, um, you know, now like I bought all new furniture and I bought what I wanted without, you know what I mean? I didn't have to consult anyone mm-hmm. on anything from top to bottom. How old everything. were you when you got married? I was 25. So I was married half my life. Had 20, you had any to time to do like the single dude life before? 25? Oh yeah, I mean, I you know, I was I was fairly, f- f- extremely uh, promiscuous. Well, I didn't mean just that. I just yeah. meant like being at a mom and dad's house and out on your own and Ish. have a job and. Ish. Uh, so moved out of the house when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, went off to seminary. Little side note: I got kicked out of my first seminary. Um, then I left left that seminary. Came back home at like twenty. Uh, and then at 21 moved back out to go to the second seminary, uh, that I ended up graduating from. Mm-hmm. So not kind of still really, yeah, I was, I was, I was basically right out of college life uh-huh. to married life. Yeah. I graduated college when I was 24. Mm-hmm. And so then by 25 I was married. And so I hadn't even started my career. Mm-hmm. I was, I was working, but I wasn't doing my career, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which again has changed now that, at 50. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I really whole, didn't, this is a whole new experience. It was, you know, that's why when I do weddings and couples are like, yeah, I'm 32, you know, and he's 32, 31 or whatever. I'm like, good for you guys. I, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's good that you've, you're wa- you've waited. So you consider that a positive. I do. Getting married later in life. Yes. You know, you, we've all heard those stories and, and I do, I do. Oh, feel this is so precious. You know, when I hear the story, we've been together since junior high or we've been together since high school. We were high school sweethearts. I mean, that touches my heart, but the reality is, yeah. uh, you're going to change. And a lot of those marriages don't work out. I would say, I would say it's, well, I know this statistically, the, the very few of those work out. It's mm-hmm. just that you highlight those on the movies. That's yeah. that those work out. Anyway, they most they typically don't. And so I like to work with the couple, especially if they're younger and be like, Oh, you know, um, do I'm you do honest some with premarital them. counseling. Oh coaching, yes. For, I, mean, I would things? say 50% of the weddings I do the premarital. Good. And so I really teach this compatibility piece, which is key. Mm-hmm. Tell me more, but know thyself as Socrates says, I said mm-hmm. the key to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. making this go the distance and you know, you want to be the notebook marriage that you die together. <laughs> Like if it's to death do us part, Uh um, I always say it is about knowing thyself Mm -hmm. and it is about compatibility Mm -hmm. and it's not just about tickles in the tummy and good sex. All those are important, Mm -hmm. but it, it, marriage is more than that. Yeah. And I think it's about more than shared goals. Those are important. And when you talk about compatibility, can we break that down a little bit more? Sure. So how I view it is if, if you love the outdoors and then that your partner is a homebody, if they hunt and you're a vegan, if they are highly religious and, and Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. like that's the stuff, those big pieces I think are important. Uh, You know, 
do you have to have every interest the same? Well, of course not. You know, they could like golf and you don't. I mean, that, there's certain things that wouldn't have to be right. compatible. But I think those big pieces that I mentioned, I think those need to be pretty damn close mm -hmm. for a marriage to go the distance, yeah. personally. So I don't know. How do you break I down? I would totally agree. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. you got to look at the bigger pieces. It's. I think that there is something that romanticism has tried to teach us. And Esther Perel talks about this and that, that one person has to be everything. And I, I think it needs right. to be like within a spectrum of each other. You know, like within the kind of like yeah. you're in, you're toward the same end of things. Again, like if your partner likes to hunt, maybe you don't go hunting with them. But when they go deer hunting each season with their brother and their father, you'll yeah. happily like cook the meat, you know, like you like having that part. Yeah. Like that's got, you know, something sure. close to that. Sure. Um, they like to go golfing. Well, maybe you like to go play tennis. So while they're doing their thing, you're doing your thing. Right. Like, or you can the drive the cart. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree that there's got to be similarities. It doesn't have to be oneness. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the exact same. Yeah. But hundred percent. And, and also that you know, people get, don't, it doesn't work out because they say, you know, irreconcilable differences. Well, I, I'm like, well, I mean, some things are irreconcilable yeah. in my opinion. I think maybe some people have more on the list of what's irreconcilable than what I might have on there. Um, meaning if someone is unwilling to change and it's bad and they're unwilling to change that, but that's definitely irreconcilable. I mean, I can't, right. I mean, it just is what mm -hmm. it is. Uh, but, uh, an affair, for example, mm -hmm. that's not irre irreconcilable. I nope. mean, if that person's willing to, you know, repent for you know, what she did and then the other person is willing to, you know, forgive and forget and move on. I mean, then that can work out. And I, as a life coach and even a relationship coach, I have helped couples walk through those kinds of things Absolutely. and reconcile what yeah. some people would think is not reconcilable. Um, but to me, it's just, to me, it's just the not changing thing. Yeah. Like if you're well, like, Nope, this is the way I am. I'm not changing. That's irreconcilable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree with you. I want to take a quick break after we come back kind of the path we're going down. I want to talk a little bit more about one of my um, people I admire is Esther Perel. Oh, I, I love your her. thoughts on her. Yeah. So. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. All right. So we're back. I'm back with Timmy Gibson, who's a life coach, entrepreneur. Um, we were talking about something that made me just think about Esther Perel. There yeah, a minute I love ago. her. Good. I'm so glad. She is somebody I look up to. So I just got State of Affairs because I'd only had the chance to thumb through it and I let someone borrow it. <laughs> they yeah. kept it. Someone has my mating in captivity copy. Uh, I haven't gotten it back from them. So I finally just bought like two new copies of each. So good. I'm looking forward to finally finishing State of Affairs. Um, but something that she talks about in, in both books, I mean, mating in captivity touches on it, but State of Affairs is actually an entire book about what do you do after there's been an affair? Yeah. But we're where she starts off talking about it mating in captivity is exactly something you said that it doesn't have to be the end of a relationship just because there's been an affair and a breach of trust. Right. It has to be about whether or not you accept or not accept that and move on and truly move past it True. and learn from it as a couple because yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be the end because there's so many, there's so many variables, oh, so many variables, right? A lot of, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. There's been times where people have told me their stories about the affair. I'm like, ditch them. 
ditch that person right now. It doesn't matter if it's a male or female. Right, Because right. it's not just men that have affairs. And no. it's not just like bored housewives either. That's like, right. But there's been other times where I'm like, you know, there's, I think there's a chance to actually work through this here. Absolutely. Yeah. How if, do you help if, couples work through that distinction? Yeah. So I, I'm thinking of one couple. I've had multiple couples like this, but this one particular couple, it was, it seemed hopeless. They already had a divorce date. He had, he had an affair, not only had an affair, was with another woman. Uh, so when they first came into my office, it was a last ditch effort of the wife. She had heard about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, someone told her, you got to get in there and see Timmy before you go through with the divorce. You got to get in to see Timmy. And, uh, I was flattered. And so uh, they did, they hired me for six sessions the first session, they pulled their chairs far from each other as they could in the office on either side. He had his arms crossed, turned away from her, and then turned away from me. He didn't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. um, he was with this other woman and wanted to be with this other woman and didn't want to be with his wife anymore. And that's where this session started. <laughs> and I remember thinking, right. oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, so it didn't start out really pretty. And so the first session was both of them. Him or regretfully was there. Um, uh, the, the next four sessions were just me and her working through what it was going to take to be able to restore this marriage. And I just said it was a, I said it, well, obviously he's not here, right? Mm -hmm. So this is 100% about you. He will be a separate issue. Mm -hmm. um, we need to work on you. Yeah. And so we worked on her being able to work through the forgiveness, trust again. And, 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 and I gave her a lot of tactics that were very unorthodox uh, stuff that she could do. And I'm super proud of it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, listen, you guys hadn't had sex for eight months. During that time is when the affair began. Mm -hmm. uh, so it gives a context to your story. I said, uh, he was seduced away. I mm -hmm. said, so if you want him back and you want to restore this marriage, he's not interested. You got to get him interested. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, you need to seduce him back. And yes. she, I told her, I said, here's the thing. I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, if you'll listen to everything I tell you, I said, you're going to have a shot at winning this marriage back. If, but only if you have the courage to do everything I'm going to tell you to do. I said, I'm a guy. I know what guys like. And so I'm going to give you the secret keys to a man's heart. And if, and this, this could do it. And it did. They, they've, They've rekindled. They got remarried. They did the whole thing. They weren't even divorced, but they got re. They did a whole yeah. renewal of the vows and nice. And they sent me pictures of them in California celebrating on the second honeymoon and all that. So it went great. But one of the things I told her, I said, um, "Forgive him. Don't hold it against him. You know, don't use it as a tool to beat him up over the head. And I want you to start sending him sexy pictures." I said, that's, I said, I know that's what happened. He got lured away. And if he didn't tell you that, I, I don't know that he didn't tell me that. I said, but I'm just telling you, I'm a guy. I know what happened. So, um, she started doing it. She started, I told her, buy some cute lingerie, start taking pictures and start doing that stuff. So she did. Well, it started fucking with him. <laughs> and I found this out Good. later, like, you well, know, later, I mean uh, much later. And as a matter of fact, he said, he thought I was reading his mail about some things. I said, dude, I'm not reading your mail. I said, I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah, you just know I how he thinks. I know how we think. Yeah. And I said, of course I know how the affair went down. I'm a guy. I know how that would go down. And and he said, 
and I'll never forget in, the, in our session when he finally started meeting with me privately, uh-huh. he goes, wait a minute. He goes, are you the one that told her to send me those pictures? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep. Yeah. I said, that was me. He was like, those pictures fucked with me, man. <laughs> I was like, well, of course they did. Yeah, that was what it's meant it's to like, do. I knew it would, you yep. know. And he goes, that was the beginning of her capturing me again. I said, well, of co- dude, because I get it. People cannot seem to get it through their heads that the things that you did to win that person are the things you need to do to keep them. And you've got to change things up and kind of cycle things in and out. And sex is a big piece of that. Yeah, That's, you've got to have like var- variability. Uh, There's got to be variety. There's got to be nuance. There's got to be novelty. Yeah. All the things like like why do why plateau. do people you talk about a yes in one of your podcasts and it right? happens in a sex life. Mm-hmm. Here's you know I so we do blowjobs in the car. We would do all that shit when we were dating or uh-huh. first married. But now we're not. That's fucked up. Yeah, what you did to get them, you got to do to keep them. If you were yep. fucking in the car, blowjobs, trying anal and doing all that stuff in the beginning, you better be fucking doing that shit in the middle and in the end. Yep. And even getting freakier and figuring out new shit to try. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. It's, that's why sitcoms make fun of married. They say, if you if you want to stop having sex, get married. Get married. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. I hate that I saying. I do, too. I, I hate too. that saying. I don't like TV shows that depict dysfunctional families and marriages. It's fucked up. I never liked Malcolm in the Middle. Yep. I mean, we watched Simpsons when I was little. But, like, sure. he was just a dope, and they loved each other. But, right. you know, I could not handle shows that showed... And I felt like applauded people who like hated their spouses. Yeah. Yeah. And we're bad parents. Yeah. Like if you get married, you got to have just this is what, yeah. you know, ball and, like, and chain. Just, yep, Fuck yeah. that. I don't think it needs to be like that. Um, there are so many times where people are like, yeah, well, you know, my my spouse and I don't really have sex anymore. And we don't really communicate anymore. Like that's just kind of how it goes. I kind of look at them and go. No, mm, doesn't have no. to. That's just something that people tell themselves to feel better about the fact that they're not doing the things that it takes to work on their relationship yeah. properly. And they're kind of like, oh. Well, they'll compare it to that. They're friends that like, well, my buddy, he doesn't have sex with his wife either. Yeah. And, how well, and how's he? that fucking make that right? Right. No. Yeah, so if he jumped off a cliff, would you go do that too? I mean, yeah, it's like, what? So who do you admire? Your friend that's not getting laid? Or your friend that's like fucking his wife consistently? There you go. Uh-huh. The one that's doing yeah. It. yeah. So maybe you need to figure out how to make that happen. Right. Yeah. 100%. And it's a two-way street. It's two-way street. It is. Yep. Figure it out. One of my favorite things to advise clients to do for um, variety is just taking turns. Like your week, it's your week to pick out kind of a theme or what we're going to do that's maybe, you know, uh, maybe it's cosplay. And then the next yeah. week it's having sex in the car. Right. And then the next week it's doing it in the shower, you know, like finding those ways to like spice it up and just introduce novelty into your sex life. It doesn't have to be constantly. Right. And hey, then in between, you're just having sex in the bed while kids are asleep or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like even in, in sports, you know, it's, it's the up the middle and consistent, you know, it's the base hits. Of course, yeah, mm-hmm, the majority mm-hmm. of anyone's long-term sex life is going to be the more normal. Mm-hmm, That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you have to be intentional about adding in the spice. Mm-hmm. you got to be, I, I've, I've always told couples, once a month have a, a, a sex day, meaning that day we're going it, to, it, it's going to be super special. We're busting out the rubber sheets, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> whatever, you know, uh-huh. like make it super intentional. Yes. 
most of the time you're going to have regular wonderful sex. All sex is wonderful. And we're going to have regular wonderful sex. It's going to be great. But then once a month we're getting freaky. Once a month we're getting the handcuffs out or whatever the fuck you're into. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into some fun. I like it. Yeah. So during one of my workshops that I had, I think you'll be an interesting person to get a perspective on about this just because of your religious upbringing and having been in a church and just, I want to know your perspective about this. So someone asked me if I coach people about what to do, you know, if they are religious and they've gotten a divorce, some feel that that means that they need to go back to celibacy or they're, they're struggling with that internal debate of, well, I was raised to not have sex until I'm married. Does that mean I'm not supposed to have sex unless... I'm married. Oh, man. I, I am a good person to ask just because I've changed. But Feel free to give me what you used to have to say or sure. what you were told to say. Or sure. kind of what, and yeah, then what yeah. I really think. Yeah, absolutely. Please. <laughs> I would like both perspectives. Yeah. Please. So, you know, I was raised, I was trying to remain a virgin until the day I got married. That didn't work out. I was going to say that didn't, that didn't pan no, out. No, it didn't pan out. I already know out. that just I, from yeah. conversations we've had before. <laughs> but thank you for outing yourself. Sure. I was raised that way, too, and I also did not wait until I was married. So. Yeah. But. I tried to, but all the people that even teach that, you know, I asked yeah. one time, I, I, I asked this, this minister who was teaching on this whole weight thing. And after I went was up to the purity culture, yeah, it was like the, yeah, okay. it was like the purity I got, ring thing. I got thing. into that too with church. Yeah. yeah. And so that after the service was over and, you know, went up and was talking to that preacher that preached that message and I pulled him off to the side and I don't know how I would have been mature enough to even think this thought, but I asked him, I said, so did you wait till you were married? And he's like, what? (laughs) And I remember just thinking, why are we saying to do something that we don't even fucking do? Yeah. It's hypocritical. Absolutely. And even the, the, the guy that wrote that book years ago, um, called I kiss dating goodbye. He's gone back. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's recanted Mm -hmm. all that recanted that book. The thing that I got from church leadership was more of the like, I regret not waiting for my spouse and you'll regret not waiting for yours. Yeah. Yeah. That was how how they would justify it it as, you know, it was okay that they had not waited. Right. Yeah. But they'd regretted it, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, that kind of, I don't even believe in regret. Honestly, I don't, I I don't Mm -hmm. believe in it. And so. I do my best. I mean, there's a couple. I want to learn from my lessons from my past. Then I think it's, it's more about. How do you talk to yourself? It's not about regret isn't an actual feeling. It's more of a way that we process something. Yeah. It leads to regret. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like fear. I don't think is an emotion. Fear is the byproduct of a bunch of other things that you're actually feeling. Yeah. I think regret is much in the same vein. Yeah. Um, It's the culmination of several factors, I think. Um, and so yeah, shame I think it's and a regret. big part of it is yeah. how you how you contextualize things. How do you actually think and process through something? Again, it's what was the lesson? Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, because I think shame and regret can seem to go hand in hand. It's mm-hmm. shame is I I'm bad. Uh, guilt is uh, feeling bad for what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and shame is very very unhealthy. Yeah, shame is very internalized. Yeah, right. It's more about your your character. Your, right. Who you are at your core. Right. Because then you start feeling, I don't deserve to be in a good relationship. Right. Or I don't deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be rich. I don't deserve to be whatever. And it's, uh, no, you do deserve it. Yes. Everybody deserves it. By virtue of you being a good human being on this plane of existence, you deserve good things Absolutely. in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I believe that wholeheartedly. 
I actually said that exact thing to somebody after they broke up with me because I kind of had figured out that they just, they didn't think that they deserved good things in life. Yeah. Um, they just, um, yeah, they were talking about how they felt kind of privileged about getting some things in life. I was like, oh, you just don't really love yourself enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I just said, like, you're just a good human being. So just by virtue of you being here, like, you 100%. deserve good things. Like, That's a 100%. Yeah. There's nothing else that is required of you. Right. And that's that I think that's the problem I had with religion is it's such a if I do good I'm good if I do bad I'm bad. And I it the the, the reality is we're all human mm -hmm. and so good people do shitty things sometimes, mm -hmm. but that doesn't make them a shitty person. Uh, just they're just a human that did what humans do, which is a lot of good and then sometimes we do shitty stuff too. Mm -hmm. And when I say good and bad, I mean, are you are you being a, a positive force for good out for, there? Right, right, the, right, right. Yeah, in society, like if because if you're being negative and you're sucking everything in for yourself, that's when I kind of mean more about like yeah. good versus bad. It's more like positive versus Abs negative. Like Absolutely, that positive energy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's even a, th a concept that I'm trying to work myself out of coming out of the religious background. It, everything was divided into good or bad, mm -hmm. uh, you know, God or the devil. Um, and so, you know, I've been unraveling a lot of that that teaching to get myself out of a, a, a good and a bad and a mm -hmm. you know and, and get myself more into just I want to be a positive force uh, for enlightenment yeah. and a positive force for um, positivity and believing in yourself and knowing that you're capable of doing the most wonderful things and and just believing in yourself yeah you know did we finish the question about whether or not you should be having sex after you get Okay, divorced? so yeah, let's go back to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I I am, I love that we're going down like a rabbit yeah, hole. Thank I love you. It. So, yes, for me, and th this is a question I've I've discussed with some of my friends that are still in the religious world, and they're like they were even assuming they said, you know, now that you're getting divorced, so are you going to live celibate until, you know, you marry or whatever? And I was like, "Hell no." Uh, I said, that's not a conviction. I don't have that conviction at all. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if I am having sex with someone that wants to have sex with me, then we're going to do this and it's going to be wonderful. And it's a biological, it's animal. It's just like, this is great. Like there's nothing and wrong with it. Is there anything in the Bible that says that you're just that? Not specifically. I'm not sure where we get that. But of course, people in the Bible were getting married at 14 and 15. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and dying after their first child. Right. So. Uh, it's so different. It's so different. Um, so yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong with with having Plus, sex. Isn't and that I just don't such an Old Testament view. And aren't modern Christians supposed to be living of the New Testament? Right. Like, more do modern. you want fire and brimstone, or do you want love and forgiveness? Right. Like, you can't go by the laws of Leviticus. <laughs> no. <laughs> entirely. If you think, especially. You know, yeah. Don't get me going there because that's yeah. the thing. Growing up Baptist. Yeah, we, we knew our Bible verses. So. Oh, sure. Oh, well, that's just it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I really resonate with the message of of Christ, which is the New Testament, this message of Jesus, you know, um, regardless of what people... I think there was people, great things in there. There's also great things in other religious yeah, texts. Yeah, absolutely. The Buddha, so, right? Yeah. yeah, all that. That's, for me, it's like, rather than saying, oh, you know, uh, Jesus must be what he whatever people believe that he is it's, it's like that doesn't even matter whether he even existed or not that doesn't really even matter either but the message of love 
kindness, forgiveness, and grace, and mercy. Those are wonderful messages that I think yeah. everybody on planet Earth could resonate with. I can agree with yeah, that. F- forget what, what the, all that religious bullshit. Let's just take that positive message and live that out. And yeah. and then, okay. and especially the message of love. That's the big one to me, I, you know. I, that would solve a lot of issues yeah. if we truly just loved. But So if a client came to you and... You know, because coaching isn't about just talking about our lives. They might ask our opinions. We might say, you know, personally, like I have my thoughts, but here's the things to ponder. How would you kind of walk someone through thinking about that choice, about if they've come from a religious background and that's the messaging they're getting, how do you help them work through that? Yeah, um, that's, man, you're asking a great question because I've been doing this and haven't uh, been able to quantify it exactly. I try to be sensitive to people's convictions mm-hmm. um, while challenging them to open their mind some mm-hmm. and that maybe their convictions are not their convictions, but they're the convictions that they were taught and told to have. And so I yeah. try to so help people. where it comes from. Yes, try to explore yeah. where it comes from. But I try to be careful not to um, infringe on something that maybe they hold dear. So sometimes I'll say this. So for you right now where you are, maybe you ought to not be having sex on the first date because you're just riddled with guilt every time that happens. So we need to deal with that before we can actually fix this Uh with this. So maybe maybe you need to stop that you need to live more congruent with what you think is right and wrong for you right now mm-hmm. and then let's talk about why you think that's right and wrong right so you know for me it was a long process for me to get to the point to feel totally like i i, I feel no hesitation no guilt at all for living the life that i'm living right now mm-hmm. um whereas one of my friends in particular a, a client who is very religious and in his mind, you know, he's slipped up and, and had sex mm-hmm. on a first date or whatever and just felt terrible about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I just want to be like, be free. It's okay. <laughs> you don't need to feel bad. You should feel good. Or, or at least understand okay. where that feeling is coming from. Right. Like, is it that there's messaging that he's been given that tells him that he should feel bad or dirty or shameful about it. it. And that's true. All of Or that. is it that he sees sex as something that should be more sacred and the fact that he is sharing Ooh, of himself with someone that he doesn't have any intent of seeing again or yeah. seeing in the long run? Does he feel like right. it's Viewing just something that's too, pres- too precious for him to give away, but he wanted to get laid? Like, yeah. so he felt like his you know, sexual lowered urges stand- took over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe he lowered his standard. Yeah. So maybe that, that's what I've helped people kind that's, of explore. Ooh, I like, that. I like that. Um, that's an interesting thought because that's true. It, it doesn't have to necessarily come from a religious background mm-hmm. more of, Oh, well I consider sex very sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I, and it's For a sharing me, of energy. Here's what's it wild is. is. It can be a one night stand and still, it's still an experience where you're sharing yeah. your energy with somebody. Right. And that's funny that for me, I guess I would be, and not in the context of my sexuality, but I'm bi in the sense of understanding, like I can be okay. I view sex very sacred. It is a very, it's very sacred. It's a touching of the souls kind of mm-hmm. and to me, but yet I view that 
but I'm also totally cool with meeting someone if there's a sexual connection and they want to have sex and I want to have sex, let's have sex. Mm -hmm. And I do it guilt free, mm -hmm. even though sex Same. is very sacred. Mm -hmm. Like I'm literally able to go either way on that and feel fine either way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't, if I did prefer, right, if I did prefer one, I would probably prefer the more sacred part. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoy sex, too, and so I'm cool with having it with someone that wants to have it with me. Same here. Yeah. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it takes a lot of work to help people get to that point because yeah. of some of the, the messaging that they've received. Yeah. And it's not like, okay, I, I totally claim the word slut, like sluthood. Like, I don't care. I'm, I'm all about Amber Rose and, like, the slut march and all that, like, yeah. reclaiming that word kind of like queer has been reclaimed by the LGBTQ community. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I am about helping people, uh, feel okay to experience pleasure yeah. and feel okay with getting out there in the dating world. Um, one of my favorite clients, oh God, I adore her. She's a widow and she'd been married to the same person for 25 years, Aww. um, or ish, not quite 25, but over 20. Um, and it was just more about that journey through permission to just be a woman in the yeah. world again who was even putting the energy out there that she was available yeah and that has been such like a blessing to be a part of well, like I, watching her go through all that and it's a blessing for men like some of the g women that i've encountered well, many have hang-ups and issues mm -hmm. and different things and and then the ones that i've met that were more free that were like hey even though i don't think i like want to marry you but i really am kind of for some reason horny for you and <laughs> i'd like to have sex with you kind of thing it's so refreshing for me like yeah, cool. Like we can, like, cause I and love just be sex. Adult like, about I, it? yeah, we could just like be just adult be about adult. this and just please each <laughs> yeah. other and have a good time and then uh -huh. be friends still. And and if we ever do it again, great. If we never do it again, it's still great. Like mm -hmm. we just had a good little time. Yeah, I'm like, I love that. Yeah, I had a nice rotation going for a while. I've talked about it before on the show, so um, <laughs> I know you haven't really listened to my show. So yeah, uh, some of my guests have come on. They're actually like listeners. So gotcha, gotcha. Um, but. Yeah, I, I talk very really about that, that I um, had a nice rotation going and I've had times where I've run into to them and I um, I don't think that there's anybody out there who um, hates my guts that I've slept with in the last few years. I think that sure. everyone is pretty much just like, oh, we're not a match or it's ended amicably or just kind of like the nice sure. fade away. And there's some out there too, if they call me tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's go hang out. Yeah, you know, yeah. Let's have a good time. Cool. But um, yeah, I've even joked with uh, Mayor Lucas that, if I ran for office, I think all my former lovers would vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> he told me I should run for office. I was like, no, uh, not happening. <laughs> nope. Done too many drugs and fucked too many people. So <laughs> all good. I, I, uh, I don't hold any, hold anything back there. So, all right. So this is my erotic tarot deck. So Ooh. if you cut into three piles for me, cause I've already yes. shuffled them there for you. We're just going to do a one card read for you here, Timmy. Okay. So I would like you to describe what you have here. Oh, and butts are my favorite. <laughs> I'm, seriously, okay, I'm good. an ass I man. Mean, no, I'm serious. Describe, describe everything that you feel and see in this card. Uh, femininity, sex, long hair, and a fucking hot body. Okay. And it's a ten and of water. And aqua, okay. which I love. Oceans are my favorite. Mm -hmm. So she's standing in a body of water with mm -hmm. like what? Let me see her long hair and yep. it's flowing. Oh, and she's like her hair has got like 
stardust in it. Yeah, and she's got like sparkles in her hair. Uh-huh. Her hair looks dreaded. Okay. And what do you feel for the mood of with the colors of the card? Uh, it's like warm and kind of hot. It, it's, it's like, a, is it a, you think it's a sunrise or a sunset? I think it's a sunset. Is it a sunset? Feels okay. like it. Yeah. looks like a really like dreamy Kansas sunset behind mountains. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So the water suit, you get the 10 of water. So 10 is like a great number to get. Okay. Water suit is about your imagination, which uh, it's also about like cups, sense of sight and the spiritual and emotional sphere. Water controls daydreams, mental images, um, and the lure of the unknown mm. and of the uh, exotic and adventurous situations that looks very like adventurous yes. there uh-huh. in the, the mountain lake with sunset um, it's also part of the attraction which comes from what is irrational and from romantic desires mm. okay so the 10 being about faithfulness the perfection of a situation harmony purification uh, it's about mars and pisces and the need to struggle to evolve to fight in a detached indifferent and scientific way Ooh. A lot of what you talked about today was kind of that transition that you've made yeah. in your life from being a married man to being a single man. Yeah. Sometimes helping people with that transition or making the decision for that transition and kind of understanding like change is a, a part of life. Yeah. 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 That's I awesome. I think that's a perfect card that for you was, to have That was. That was good. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. I mean, this conversation was awesome. So I'm sure there's people who would like to talk to you. And in fact, sure. I mean, I might have some clients who might want their husbands to come talk to you. So maybe you got some, that you, oh, want yeah. the, you know, like we can help each other out hey, here because awesome. I think like tag teaming some couple, not like that, right. not like that, but okay. <laughs> well, unless helping they're open couple, to no. Yeah. Well, nope, nope. <laughs> I do get asked that if I do anything with clients. I'm like, no, um, it's not so much clients asking me if I do things with clients. It's in dating. People ask oh, if I, yeah around with my clients i'm like okay so n- no, no it is just like a therapist where i just of, talk right. like, yeah they'll ask me if i'm in the room and that's a no too but yeah there are some people they're like i don't know what i don't know so are you in the room are you doing things no yeah no. nope never never i don't cross that line so no um so anyway so not that kind of tag team right, but right. we can help each other out there Absolutely. but for the listeners how do people get a hold of you yeah they can um my website is timmy gibson.com mm-hmm. and that's one way they can message me straight from the site um, i do have a youtube channel uh, i do a weekly um broadcast a show called the timmy gibson show you got and a friend on there with you uh, right yeah it's about middle-aged life and dealing with issues and dating and sex and uh, marriage all of it that we talk about all of it mm-hmm. um so yeah so youtube and then uh, instagram it's timmy gibson just look me up you'll you'll find me you can just google my name actually you can just google timmy and put the word T-I-M-M-Y. Uh-huh, T-I-M-M-Y, put Casey on it or put Timmy, Kansas City, Timmy Weddings, Timmy Matchmaker. I mean, literally, <laughs> Timmy anything. Timmy anything, and thank goodness I have good analytics and it'll pop up. Good SEO. Yeah. Well, that's if you're in Kansas City because I've got a nationwide, actually an international reach on the podcast. I've been looking Ooh. at my numbers and seeing people from all over the globe listening. I think it's sometimes that's, friends that are on vacation. Sure. So. <laughs> Especially my, my, uh, my British boyfriend I've got out there. He listens when he's traveling. Yeah. So shout out to you, Elvis. That's awesome. And Facebook, of course. Yeah, you can search me on Facebook. Okay, perfect. Well, this was a great conversation. Oh, I'm cool. so glad that you came over today. Yeah. And hey, I'll look forward to being on your show. Soon. Hey, no, you will be. Okay, awesome. Thanks again, Timmy. Uh, you're welcome.
Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.